the Pittsburgh Pirates have lost the first two games of the series to the Tampa Bay Rays. But the storyline that is being talked about isn't the storyline that we should be talking about. We'll talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Pirates. You are Locked on Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Rocket Money can help you figure out all of your finances and cancel unwanted subscriptions like the Pirates losing three in a row. And this is the part where I'll usually ask Craig how he's doing, but I'm going to ask him that after I say this. Uh, These first two games of this series have been frustrating. You guys saw my episode on Tuesday night. You could tell I was tired. You could tell I was frustrated. The Pirates have played terrible baseball through the first two games of this series against the Tampa Bay Rays, for the most part. But the fact that the storylines that I see every time I scroll Twitter or every time I see somebody talking about it are the fact that Wander Franco flipped a baseball in his hand on a routine ball to first and that a pitcher said a word that I can't say on this podcast, but wish I could, to our manager, Derek Shelton, and then gave Donnie Kelly the I'm watching you eyes. The fact that those are the storylines here and the missed bot calls that we've seen and the bot call on Jose Hernandez yesterday, the fact that those are the storylines here is bad on the fan base to me. It just is because... One of the things that I took away from both of these games is that Rowanti Contreras and especially Mitch Keller last night went toe-to-toe with the best offense in Major League Baseball statistically. Mitch Keller had one earned run yesterday. One. The other ones were all unearned because of terrible defense, because of the turf just getting to them because of a lot of other factors that were just out of his control. And it was something I tweeted yesterday. It is really hard to play good baseball, Craig, especially as a pitcher, if you have to get more than three outs in an inning. So how about instead of hitting the panic button here, because the Pirates are nine games over 500 still, let's focus on some things that they need to patch up, obviously, But let's also not just discount the fact, Craig, that Mitch Keller just went toe-to-toe with Shane McClanahan, who's probably going to win the AL Cy Young this year unless Garrett Cole keeps going crazy. But anyways, Craig, how are you? I'm doing good, man. And and I can tell when when a Pirates game doesn't go very well because I get a phone call from my mom. My mom doesn't call me very often about the Pirates. And her thing was just like, well, what are these guys doing out there? It wasn't about, you know, Wander Franco. It wasn't about the umpires. It was more about, you know, can we just play, you know, fundamental defense? I mean, we're doing great on the base pass. I mean, you see G1 Bay, you know, taking an extra base. Like, he's chaos on the base pass. You see, you know, Connor Joe uh, taking an extra base when he could see somebody's, you know, doing something in the outfield. 
So that's the stuff I was focused on. I was frustrated as everybody would be, you know, with the Bach calls the previous night with, you know, the Adrian Johnson or whatever the crew chief's name is, you know, saying the, the F word to, to Derek Shelton. Like that's extremely unprofessional. Like this, this, this umpiring crew needs to be held accountable, especially since the night before they told Austin Hedges and Derek Shelton after the game that they missed the calls. Yeah. You would think that, you know, you would kind of be on the top of your game and on your toes, but instead they went on the defensive, you know, Derek Shelton flipping out. People will say, you know, it's great to see, you know, him show some sort of emotion. Well, he really shouldn't have to show that emotion if, if the crew chief and his, and his crew are doing, you know, what they're supposed to be doing, but I'm, I'm more frustrated than, than anything panicked right now. I look at, you know, Brian Hayes hitting the ball hard as he always has, but, you know, not getting the hits. I mean, that's been his pattern throughout the minor leagues. Everybody's saying, well, you know, this should come around or this will come around. Well, for most players, when you hit the ball hard, it does come around. But for Brian Hayes, this has been a pattern for the past, I don't know, six, seven years. And he's only broken out of that pattern for, you know, a shortened 60 game season or actually a month for him. This might be the type of player that Brian Hayes is. That's, that's the stuff I'm more concerned about, about, you know, Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, love Kutch hit a home run last night, you know, having him in the three hole. And that's something that I even discussed at the beginning of the season. Like how long would he last in there? It's almost like he's waiting for somebody to push him out of that spot. Well, nobody has yet. I mean, you could maybe say Jack Sawinski, but that would be, in my eyes, that's during if you don't have a left-handed pitcher going. you got to have a righty yeah. going, and you can put Jack in that spot. But who else? I mean, you don't have other players. You're not going to put Mark Mathias there. So, I mean, I don't know. There's there's a lot more stuff to discuss than than what's going on. I, I said I, I wrote up last night for the game uh, story inside the Bucks basement that you do as well, Ethan, uh, that, you know, Mitch Keller didn't deserve the loss. And I know wins no. and losses don't matter, but I mean, and eventually wins and losses pile up. So that's one there kind of got away from them a little bit, but I don't know. It's just, I wish if it would have been, I don't know, three, two in each of those games, I might be feeling a little bit different than if, you know, they're in the eighth or ninth inning. And I feel like we don't have a shot to get back in the game. Well, and going back to the nobody forcing cuts out of the three-hole thing, another thing that I've just heard nobody talk about from this series is Connor Joe, dude. Connor Joe, this series, I don't know what got into him going to Tampa, but last on Tuesday night, he hits two doubles, I believe. I think he was two for four. He hits another one off of Shane McClanahan last night, and it was a rope. It wasn't like he just got some lucky base hit against Shane McClanahan, who, again, giving all the flowers I possibly can to Shane McClanahan, that guy is a beast. I mean, he is absolutely phenomenal. And to even further this extent, it, there's just so many things that the Pirates are doing right here, and also there's so many things that, sadly, they're doing wrong. And when you're playing a team like the Tampa Bay Rays, the minor mistakes, like Jiwon Bay literally made a Sports Center top 10 play at second base last night, and then the literal next play cannot field a routine ground ball and make a routine 
play to first. Now, albeit I know the situation, he was trying to hold the guy from going to third. He was trying to do a bunch of different things. But at the end of the day, patch up the small things. And we're going to get a little bit more into the fact of why that 11-game cushion was so important. But I want to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at BetterHelp. BetterHelp, of course, is really good for you in terms of the therapy department. We all need it because it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment about what you need from yourself. But when we all spend our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of uh, starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnMLB. Of course, on tomorrow's show, we'll be talking about the Toronto Blue Jays series, uh, it remains to be seen who the guest will be with me that day or uh, tomorrow, but we will have a preview of the Toronto Blue Jays series and a series where the Pirates really just need to get back to PNC Park. Because may I add to everybody, that turf down there in Tropicana Field, <laughs> not easy to play on. Also, what genius, Craig, made up the idea? What genius made up the idea to make the Tropicana Field Roof, the same color as my roof in my house. That I don't white, understand, it's man. It's a white baseball. You have yeah, you lights. can't have you can't you can't have certain color gloves. You can't have stuff behind the pitcher. You know you can't wear sleeve certain color sleeves. But yet uh, the giant dome can have a bunch of stuff hanging off of it that is actually in play and can hit off of it, and it's white. I. I Dude, I, I've been there before, and I actually had a fairly good experience the time I, I was there. Uh, a lot of it's probably just, you know, being with family and being with friends while we're there. But, yeah, dude, the turf, different stuff like that. I mean, you're going to do redo this this uh, stadium, this park at some point. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you could do. Milwaukee does it right. Uh, so just, just do it better. That's Even like Brian Reynolds, like on the – uh, the double that was hit, the ball just careened off of his glove because it hits the the turf and like just takes an absolutely wacky bounce. And now, man, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm gonna be glad uh, when the Pirates are back up here at PNC Park. Uh, and I'll be there on Friday because I need my free I need my free T-shirt. So yeah, that T-shirt looks awesome. By the way, uh, dude, it but looks so cool. To add to this, I know it's May, and we should be focusing on the Pirates here. But if you would have told me that the Pirates were going to play like absolute crap through the first two games against the best team in baseball statistically and record-wise, and then you look at the standings this fine Thursday morning, by the way, very nice Thursday morning down here in Savannah. It's a beautiful 65. Um, Pulling up the MLB app, we can all do it together. We can all do it together. Go to the MLB app presented by Capital One. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, the Pirates currently still hold a one-and-a-half game lead on the Brewers, a four-and-a-half game lead on the Cubs, 
a seven-game lead on the Reds, and a 10-game lead on the St. Louis Cardinals. So why are we hitting the panic button? There is no need to, because as Gary tweeted yesterday and then said on this very show on Monday, winning 20 games in the month of April and having a 11-game cushion, 11 you were 11 games over 500. That means the Pirates could literally go, Craig, 11 games under 500 this month and still be 500. That is insane. They could be five games under 500 this month and still be six games over 500. That's how important that cushion in April was. Now, do I expect the Pirates to have this dramatic drop-off? No. No. They're too good of a baseball team right now to just have a dramatic drop-off like this. They just are so happy to play a really good race team while also shooting themselves in the foot at the same time. That's the thing that I think has been getting so into my head about this, Craig, is that you look at it from the standpoint of they're not really losing these games entirely just because the Rays are outmatching them. They're losing these games because of mistakes that they can fix on their end. I would rather the Pirates do that than just be outmatched. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot that goes into that. And, I mean, the theme in the in the NL Central this year has definitely been, been pitching. I mean, you look at how well the Pirates have pitched. You look at how well I mean, the Brewers are always going to pitch. And as long as their guys are healthy and are on their team, and even the the Reds having a little bit of a resurgence there towards you know the bottom of the NL Central, it's it's due to the pitching. The Cubs kind of just you know treading water there, but even before the season started, it was just like man, what's St. Louis going to do? They just they don't have uh, the pitching to match up, so it's it doesn't matter really how dangerous their lineup is at times if they're not going to to pitch very well. I mean, I, I look down to the minors and I mean, you do have Matthew Levitor, you know, kind of tearing up triple a down there, but how much, you know, can he really do, especially when, I mean, you start out hot. Like you said, you give yourself that cushion, you start out cold and you have to go on a pretty long stretch of, of, of competitive baseball and playing well to, to dig yourself out of a hole. I mean, I know it's a marathon, not a sprint, but man, Cardinals. I mean, I, I look at that lineup and I'm like, man, these guys should be playing so much better than they are. But then you look at their pitching staff and it's like, okay, they got one dude I'm afraid of. And, and the rest, I, I feel like that any team could hit all over the ballpark. Well, and it's funny because that one dude that we're afraid of is a guy that other teams don't really struggle against. Adam Wainwright. Yeah. It's like, well, oh yeah, we know. Well, I know you're speaking about um, Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery. Right? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who. That's who I'm afraid of. But Adam Wainwright. It's like, I've I've already heard the jokes that we haven't seen Adam Wainwright yet. That these guys are too young to know what Adam Wainwright did to the Pirates or just weren't here. The only one that does is Andrew McCutcheon. But it goes back to a lot of different things that. Derek Shelton has kind of emphasized this without saying it, that they're just taking everything game by game. They're taking everything series by series. They're not trying to jump forward and jump the gun on the fact that, oh, we're 20 and nine. We're a World Series contender. No, they're not. 
I, I'm still here to tell you, even after this hot start, the Pirates, I still don't view as World Series contender. If the NL Central keeps playing like this and the Pirates manage to keep playing like this, at least even somewhat, then I think we can have a real conversation about winning the division. But they might win the division at 84 games. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean that's a real possibility here, too. But again, it's a just it's an unfortunate series that has just not gone their way. It's been mistakes that they can fix, which I think is the biggest component to me. Like Jiwan Bay fumbling the ball, Rodolfo Castro fumbling the ball. Um, some of the stuff we've seen in the outfield this series. These are all Austin Hedges' struggles with uh, some of the stuff he's been dealing with back there. These are all things that the Pirates can go back on and look at and say, we can fix that. That is something that we can go into practice or go into whatever game we need to and say, we can fix this. We can do it based off of lineup construction. Do I think G1 Bay needs to be at second base anymore, Craig? No. I think Marcano and Matthias could take care of that position perfectly fine, and he could slot in into the outfield and be a like an everyday center fielder if he needs to be. Do I think that they might need to start looking at shortstop a little bit deeper than we thought? Yes. Rodolfo Castro has some struggles over there, but he's not entirely bad, so I don't really think they need to do anything just yet, but it is getting to that point where I think they do need to at least take a look at it. And also... Just to speak about their bad luck here, he, Brian Hayes, had an error last night. That should just <laughs> let you know how bad things were going defensively for this team. But when you go back and look at this series, no matter what happens later in the game today, and obviously we'll be live during or we'll be uh, live after the game today, just take this series and look at it as a litmus test to where the Pirates currently sit as a team. The Rays are a very good team. The Pirates may not be on that level yet, but for all intents and purposes, without the mistakes, without the umpire blunders, without all the other factors here, the Pirates, I'm not saying they win either of these games, but they're definitely closer in a lot of them. Yeah, and I think uh, we got to give the the TV crews credit because anytime the Pirates were doing something where you know there might not be like the best fielding and stuff, Tarek Brock is is right there on front and center because, I mean, he's one of the guys that, I mean, if anybody's on the hot seat, everybody always talks about the the third base coach and, and the things that he does. But, you know, with Tarek Brock, he's he's one of the guys that is working really hard to to make sure these guys and, – and it's it's a tough task because you've had guys have to change positions. You've had guys, you know, coming in and out of the lineup. So, I mean – We'll see what happens, but I mean, when you're playing a team like that, I think I said somewhere that, you know, you don't have to play perfect. I mean, sure, it would be nice, but you also can't make the types of mistakes uh, that, the, that the Pirates have made just because, I mean, when you get a pitching performance like Mitch Collars, you just can't let that slip away. Um, and it, even if it's close, it looks a lot better than you know, yeah. a, an eight, one final. So, I mean, I, people would be like, well, if you lose, you lose. Well, I I'd rather lose against a good team and look like we were meant to be there than lose to a good team and look like we were the 2020, 2021, 2022 pirates. So yes, that's just exactly. Me. And that's where I think a lot of the, um, the issues arose is it was like, okay, now they're starting to look like they did last year, but we'll leave it at that. 
And uh, also want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Of course, did you ever discover any subscriptions you forgot about? Did Rocket Money cancel a subscription for you that was otherwise tricky or time-consuming? Did Rocket Money alert you to a change in your spending or subscriptions that saved you money? And how much money has Rocket Money saved you? These are all questions you can ask yourself eventually because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily find your subscriptions for you. And for any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Rocket Money also helps you manage all your finances in one place and automatically categorize your expenses so you can easily track your budget in real time and also get alerted if anything looks off. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way. By going to rocketmoney.com slash locked on MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash rock, uh, locked on MLB. Rocked on MLB would be kind of nice. But me and Craig will be right back with a special guest in just a moment. And as said in the last segment, I told you Craig and myself would have a fun guest on the show today here on Thursday. We are joined by Josh Palacios, who has been one of the hotter players in the Pirates minor league system right now to start the year. Josh, how are you today, sir, on this wonderful May the 4th? Oh, I'm doing great. May the 4th be with you as well. And I'm uh, just glad to be on this podcast with you guys. Yes, of course. And uh, you guys can see the uh, the Grogu back here with his uh, drip that he's got going on. But, Josh, um, I've been keeping up with the minor league system, and it seems like every single day that I'm on the Twitter feeds or on, like, the box scores, you're doing something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's – I mean – Every day I see your name pop up. And it's like home run, double. He's doing this again. Uh, so what do you think is the biggest factor to your hot start so far? Um, I'd say I have to probably attribute a couple of things. Definitely just getting a mental space to put myself in a good position to hit. So looking for the right pitches and um, setting up in zones that I know I'm pretty good at. And then another thing, I did some more preference things in the uh, offseason this year. So kind of helped my swing feel a little better. And uh, probably one of the biggest is I started wearing contacts so I could see a little better now, which uh, definitely is a help. That, that'll help. Uh, it's always good for that. Um, <laughs> I forget who there, there was actually a story about that the other day. I forget who it was, but it was some pitcher who's actually technically legally blind, but oh my. He pitches like really well. I was playing MLB the show when they said it and I forget what player it was, but they, it was literally a whole like real story about how this guy is like legally blind, but he's like really playing well at the major league level. So, yeah, I mean, cont- I mean, contacts lead to contact, I guess, Greg. <laughs> I, I guess that's the way – I guess that's how you can do the, that one. Yeah, um, in this for, case, for sure. Yes. Go ahead, yeah, The thing for me, Josh, is that I, I noticed, like, you came out of – you came out of 2020, the, the layoff and everything – and have been showing a, a lot more patience to the plate, seeing a, a more balance between the, the walks and the strikeouts. And I just kind of wanted to get uh, your what you did, like kind of during that layoff, to to keep yourself, you know, going strong. Because it, it looks like that you are not a completely different player, but I mean, you're definitely taking those strides. The average has come up, the on base percentage has come up. So I, I know contacts will help, but but what helped uh, prior to that? Um, a few things. Number one, in the all side over there, we had a really good team over there when I was with the Blue Jays. We really worked on swing decisions. We were very, very big on swing decisions. So they brought a lot of creative drills that forced us to decide on when we were going to swing or not. 
and kind of get in a mindset of being yes, 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 no, and training that. So you could always be ready to swing, but if the, at the last moment you were going to shut it down, learning how to shut down that swing if it's not in your zone. That's, yeah. that's awesome, man. Yeah, and uh, also you're playing with a, a lot of names that Pirates fans are very familiar with right now uh, in AAA. Of course, you have Andy Rodriguez, you have Nick Gonzalez, Travis Swaggerty, Kanan Smith and Jigba. How are those guys as teammates? Uh, is there anything that they've helped you with? Anything you help them with that once you guys all eventually get up to this point with the Pittsburgh Pirates that you think has been helpful between each other throughout the process so far this year? I mean, first and foremost, since I have I, I didn't have as much experience with these guys and I was just getting to know them, they've been really, really welcoming since I got here. Like I've been here in AAA for about a week and got to spend some time with these guys and yeah. they kind of brought me in like I was part of the Pirates family from the beginning. And um, just made me feel real comfortable here. And great, great group of guys, very humble group of guys. And um, it's been a great time playing with them. Got a lot of fun with them. Got a lot of, got a lot of inside jokes and going with these guys. So it's been great. And uh, was it you guys that have the um, – what was the home run celebration, Craig? I know the the Pirates have the sword and all that stuff. But was it was it Indy that had the um, – what what was it? The, the pony. So we got, or the, we got pony, the pony. Yeah, yeah. And he's his name is Pony Montana. So pony Montana. <laughs> all right. See, this is what I mean. Is the Pirates are having fun right now at all levels of the system. We have swords. We got a jacket, and now we have Pony Montana. That that's awesome, Craig. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the th- other thing I'd be looking at is, I mean, you drafted in the thirty first round by the Reds, and then you know go to Auburn come out fourth round uh, to the Blue Jays and, and have actually had some, some, some major league experience under your belt here. So what's the, uh, what's the push and what's the motivation uh, for you to kind of, to kind of get back there? Oh, definitely being in the major leagues at any point, even for a small amount of time is enough push and motivation. Uh, I'll tell a lot of guys, everything that guys say about the major leagues is that and more. And when guys go up here, you realize like you have really high expectations of what the big leagues is like. And especially being on a winning team in the big leagues is like, and then when you experience it, it's like pure bliss. Like it's everything that we work for our whole life, the flights, the life, the uh, the games, the fans, and just enjoying winning at a high level like that. There's nothing like it. So it just gives you everything you want. Like, all right, I got all that. Now I'm back in the minor leagues. I got to work on what I got to work on to get back to that, the dream that I've been working for my whole life. Well, and even uh, to extend that for what Craig was saying is, I mean, you guys also just all saw Drew Maggi have his kind of full like circle experience up here to where I even joked the other day when they were up 16 to one on the Nationals that or 13 to one, whatever the score was, that they needed to just let him pitch. I was like, hey, he got his hit, he got his RBI, he got his extra base hit, he got the play in the field. You know what? Let's let him pitch. Um, but you brought up the big league club and being on like a successful baseball team as like one of those big dreams and obviously watching the pirates right now, as I assume a lot of you guys do, they're sitting at 20 and 11 right now. And they're one of the best teams in the national league. How does that affect what's going on in Indianapolis and Altoona and all levels of the system? When you see that the big league team is playing very good baseball. I think it brings a really big level of excitement to all the guys because um, playing winning baseball is fun and it's contagious. And I've got a, a small experience of that with the Blue Jays being in the hunt, trying to make the playoffs in uh, 2021. And um, seeing the guys winning up there, being free, 
playing and being one of the top teams in the MLB gives you a lot of excitement because you want to be a part of that. It looks like those guys are having a blast at the biggest stage on the and you want to, all right, I want to join that. I want to be a part of that. You want to improve yourself so you can have a taste of what that's like. Oh, yeah. And I mean, hey, I'm assuming that with what you've been doing so far this year that I would not be surprised to see you in the lineup at some point. Uh, Craig, you can go ahead with another question if you have one. Yeah, I was just, you know, kind of wondering, you know, if there is, you know, a type of pitcher or types of things that you're working on. Um, the, the big thing right now up in Pittsburgh that we a lot of people talk about is like the, you know, the platoon splits and different t- things like that. Do you see it as, you know, a challenge to go up against a left-handed pitcher or are you more comfortable against a right-handed you know, batter, that might be something that people might be thinking about you. I know you can play defense, man. You're fast as, as all get out. Um, but, you know, what what are you working on uh, to kind of, you know, face both, you know, from the left and from the right-hand side to be in the lineup every day? Yeah, we have some great hitting coaches down here. And um, every single day I've been working, we have an eye pitch here too. So every day I try to get some pitches off of righties where I'll get fastball, slider, changeup, or whatever I want to see off of righties, and then balance that out with pitching on lefties as well so we can keep ourselves multifaceted. Because in AAA, I, I'm facing both righty and lefty, and um, career-wise, I have really good splits against lefties, actually. Oddly, I'm a better hitter against a lefty than a righty. Which is, That's uh, what I want you to get out, man. I was trying to draw it out of you. Like, why are you better? Like, what, do you, what do you do different, man? Um. There's, I've, I've practiced a lot off the machine lefty. At first, I was a switch hitter for most of my life. So um, going into college, I really had to get a grasp on what it was to hit a lefty. And um, shout out to my buddy Aaron Ford, my roommate. He was a pitcher. He threw to me literally every single day. He had probably one of the nastiest slides I've ever seen. And he'd throw me fastball slider and pitch to me almost every single day. And it kind of gave me a grasp, allowed me to calm down and get a better feel of what a lefty slider does and how a lefty would attack me. So I feel like lefties don't have as many ways to attack a lefty because you're both on one side versus a righty using more pitches, and it makes it a little easier. Yeah, and that is interesting, Craig. I didn't know that he had a, a better split against lefties than he does righties, which could be something Dude, I, I, that... I look at I look at stats way too much every day, man. I do. I do. Well, and apparently Josh does too because he was like, yeah, apparently I do too. Uh, but obviously the biggest news that you have to probably have here, Josh, outside of what you've been doing with this hot start is the fact that last week uh, you and your brother Richie uh, decided to go at each other uh, in terms of each having a home run in the Columbus-Indianapolis game. Uh, you had two RBIs and two uh, doubles to your credit on that. Richie went three for five with a home run, three runs and two RBIs. Um, and the Clippers won that game. But, you know, he also robbed you of an extra base hit in the ninth. So yes, he did. <laughs> how, how was that experience? And then also playing together in the World Baseball Classic. I know that also had to be something that was surreal for you guys as well. Yeah, well, first, the experience of playing against my brother. Um, it was actually a 10-year to the day since like, we played each other the last time. We played each other in high school. So it was a great experience when parents flew down. The group chats were going crazy about who was going to have the better day, who was going to have the better week. Everybody was texting me like, yo, you can't let your little brother show you up. So it was a really fun event, really fun week because um, we got to go back and forth. And what made it the most fun is we both had some good success. And then uh, going over to Royal Baseball Classic, that was a dream come true. Since a little kid, me and him watched pretty much every Netherlands and Puerto Rico 
World Baseball Classic game that was ever played. And we'd always say, like, look, one day we're going to grow up, we're going to play in the big leagues, and then we're going to play on a World Baseball Classic team together. So we got to check off playing in the big leagues, and then that was probably the second check of being able to play in the World Baseball Classic um, team together, which was definitely a dream come true. Oh, yeah. And uh, also the World Baseball Classic, may I add, to the naysayers of the World Baseball Classic, I thought it was a phenomenal event. I thought everything was great about it. And honestly, the Netherlands, jerseys, chef kiss. I I was there for it. I liked it a lot. Uh, Craig, did you have another question for him? Well, I would just kind of say, Josh, is, is what is like when people say there's like that that distance between AAA and the major leagues, like what is the hardest thing to kind of maybe adjust to uh, once you get up there? Because people will say, well, you know, this guy's been tearing it up down in down in AAA and then he comes up. And of course, everybody's, you know, what have you done for me lately? They'll look and they'll say, like, so how do you what's like the hardest thing to do and, and how do you keep like that strong start? you have here going if you would get called up um number one i'd say probably the hardest thing when you go to the big leagues is not knowing when you're going to play it's a little different in the minor leagues you know you're going to play every single day so you kind of have this that mindset of like hey i'm coming to play and you got a routine when you go to the big leagues it's all about performance so if you're not if you're not performing well you're not going to play and sometimes all right i don't know if i'm going to play today or maybe not getting those consistent at bats but since i went up and i've dealt with that twice i've kind of guarded my mindset to be more efficient and really lock into my routine, my process and the things that I can control. So the goal would be, God will I get another opportunity to show is get with the hitting coaches there, build a relationship and really lock in on the routines and the processes I was using in AAA and implement those in the big leagues because I know those work versus going up, maybe not playing every day, feeling a little rusty and kind of trying new things because I wasn't playing every day. Yeah, and uh, honestly, at that point, that's all you can do, right? Baseball is a routine sport. That's what I like to always call it. And it's also a sport that's predicated on how you bounce back from things. So is there anything that you want to say to Pirates fans, this podcast here, that we can expect from you and why fans should also invest more time into watching minor league baseball? Oh, I think you definitely should invest more time watching minor league baseball because, number one, the boys are grinding. And they're uh, giving everything they got down there to improve. Second, it's the next generation. It's the next generation of guys that you'll be seeing up there in the big mm-hmm. leagues. And um, I've hoped for the fans to expect from me consistency, level-headedness, um, complete effort and hustle every single game, and just put them hard on the line, try to win Pirates the championship at one day. Oh, yeah. And that's what uh, the Pirates are also trying to do, hopefully. <laughs> and I'm hoping that you are on top of that. I hope that you also – have some kind of experience with it. I'm hoping that you end up getting called up at some point and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from you, Josh. Thank you so much for coming on today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the locked on pirates podcast. As you always do here on the locked on podcast network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh pirates every day. my name is Ethan Smith. That's Craig Toff. That's Josh Palacios. We will see you guys on the flip side.